Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim, and we are four women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. Releasing the shame around your struggles is hard work, especially if you feel alone. And so we wanted to create this podcast as a way to unite women of all ages, from all locations, all sizes and shapes, and really just want to invite you to sit at our table. Come as you are. Health and fitness is for everybody. And we're here to remind you that you belong, you matter, you are brave, you are capable, you are deserving of success. Maybe right now you don't truly believe those things, and that's okay. When we first got started, we didn't either. But we promise that each episode, we will show up vulnerably. We want you to realize your potential and the truth of who you really are. We will help you step into success and acknowledge that the power already lies within you. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. I am Marcy. I will be hosting today's conversation. With me, I have the lovely Sarah, Sam and Kim. Hey, ladies. How's it going? Hello, Matthew. Hello. Nice to so, see you. Oh, yes. Um, so let's just like chat a little bit, catch people up on what we have been up to lately. We haven't really done too much of that on the podcast. So Queen, why don't you take it away? Just tell the, tell the listeners what's been going on over in the UK. Oh, over in the UK, it's been raining a hell of a lot. Um And I have just been getting overly excited about Christmas. I'm not going to lie to you all. Um, I tend to get a little bit carried away with myself at this time of the year because I just literally love it. It makes me, it makes me so happy. Um, But life is like pretty busy. Um, Obviously Sam and I had fit and free membership. So that kept us out of trouble for launching, um, kept us out of trouble for (laughs) a few weeks. Um, and yeah, life is good. I went for my first flirting experience on Friday. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I saw your stories and I had no idea what you were talking about. Oh my God. So I literally, I faced one of my kind of biggest fears, which was getting in an enclosed space with water. Yeah. That's terrible. And just kind of floating in this bath full of like salts and magnesium and you put earplugs in. So you literally, it's all about like sensory deprivation and you literally lie naked and you float. It's like the dead. Is it dark? So you you should have the door closed and the the lights off. But because it was my first one, I was like, I'm just going to keep the lights on this time. But next time I'm going dark and have the the pod completely cut. But I'd really built the fear up in my head about what it was going to be like. And as with everything, like I stepped into the fear and once I'd done it I was like hell yes that was good I didn't die or hyperventilate so I think we're good we can we can do big is this pod not very so you can flat out in it and it's kind of you know you can go like starfish um but it was thoroughly enjoyable and I shall be doing it I shall be doing it again um 
yeah. So that's me and my life right now. Samantha. Um, well, like Sarah said, we released the fit and free membership. So that was a huge accomplishment. And we have like a hundred women in that group, which is awesome. Um, so that was really exciting. And then I guess something new that I've been doing is doing more things just for fun. Um, like what a concept, like, Oh, I'm just like doing this stuff. like it. (laughs) And so I started doing Toastmasters to improve my public speaking, which I'm really excited about. I had my first class last week or last, yeah, last Tuesday. So I'm going to be going once a week to the meetings and getting better at public speaking and learning body language and cues and how to take the stage on and just prepare myself for the future of speaking. And um, that was scary for me, actually, getting up in front of a room of random people in Harvard. I, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. I, I just, yeah, right. <laughs> there's something about speaking into my phone on stories that's way easier for me than speaking to like a, a crowd in person. It's like, I mean, the camera, you don't know actually how you look, at least on Instagram stories, you, it's a selfie so you can see uh-huh. yourself. <laughs> so that was pretty scary for me, actually, being able to like having to go up there my first day and talk about I had to talk about snowmen Super oh my random. god I would have loved that I'd have been lit- they just give you a topic yeah they ask you a question it's called like table topics so my question was if you built a snowman and then it came to life what would you do oh my gosh that's so that's like so hard how I, long do you have to prepare no no time you're on stage like oh my gosh it's just improv so oh. I was like Fuck. Um, and so I'm like, oh, I would love this. It would be a social experiment. I'd make it my friend. I'd walk all through Cambridge and Somerville and like Boston and walk this thing around with me and just see what people said. And I would meet all these really cool people. <laughs> what was his name? What was his name? I don't think I named him, what? to be honest. But, you know, it was, um, yeah, I don't have to think about what his name would be. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what's been going on. Really cool, Sam. Yeah. What about you, Kim? So what have I been up to? Uh, two things, I suppose. I've been working really hard on my YouTube channel, spending a lot of time making videos over there. Um, I did this one where I bought like half the Panera menu and came home and reviewed it. It was super fun. And my family appreciated it because they got to, I was like literally taking one bite of everything. And so my family got to eat all of the leftover Panera food. They liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been working really hard on YouTube and I have just finished up a three month peaking phase, um, deadlift peaking program that on the surface, I'm sure people would be like, well, that's kind of a failure. I was hoping to hit 300. I did not. Um, my previous one rep max was 270 and I got 275. I will get 285 here shortly because I definitely have it. I just wore myself out trying 300. I also hit a bench press PR um, this month in that program, got a three pound bench PR and I've built my squat back up. Um, I had a lot of shoulder pain, so I had to change what I was doing with squats and couldn't squat for a long time. And now I really like squats again and I'm only five pounds lower than my previous like one rep max at a meet. 
So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's so good. And like, let's just be honest for people who may not have much experience with powerlifting or really heavy training, three to five pounds may not sound like a lot, but when it comes to the big lifts, like it is a huge accomplishment. Like I, I briefly did some powerlifting a couple of years ago. And, and even before that, when I was doing my own training and just trying to get stronger on my own, I think with females, um, like our relative strength is a little bit less. So five pounds, even two and a half pounds for us is going to be a much bigger jump in weight than maybe a man. And five pounds can like staple you, you know, just like that five pound jump. I remember like, Oh, 95 pounds sounds easy or felt easy. Let's throw another five on the bar. And I'm like, can't even get it up. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy what such a small amount of weight can do. Yeah. Especially on the bench press, a three pound PR on the bench press was huge for me. Yeah. I was so psyched about that. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Um, And, you know, let's just kind of use that as an opportunity to lead into today's topic, which is going to be how to get out of a fitness rut. And I know, Kim, before we started recording, you were saying, and you've mentioned a couple of times to us previously that you've been in a little bit of a funk with your own workouts. I know I definitely have been myself. It happens to the best of us, no matter how long we've been doing this fitness game for. But why don't we start off with you just saying or telling the listeners why you were feeling in a rut for a while and then what has helped you come out of it? Sure. Um, So I have been powerlifting for three and a half years now. Um, I always have a very set goal and often that set goal has been a meet, you know, so I either had one planned or there was one on the horizon. And I have been so busy this year with building up my business that I made a decision not to compete, which in my mind is like, that's fine. That's no big deal. Um, But I just, I'm so busy with my business. It was always an effort to get down to the gym. I didn't want to do it as much as I had wanted to previously. Um, And interestingly, when I decided to do this, I decided to do a peak in program to just try my maxes out at home and not at a meet. And what I found is like that spark was revived again because I had a very specific goal. And what I realized for me is having, um, so I'm going to definitely do a meet next year. So having something very specific that I'm training for really helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it could be anything. Like it could be if somebody likes to run, it could be like, you know, running a 10K or it it could be all kinds of things, but having a really specific performance goal can help. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I I can relate to that. I know a couple, like I was saying earlier, I went to that powerlifting gym a couple of years ago because I had basically just gotten sick of my own bullshit when it came to, oh, I only care about looking, like building my physique, you know, building muscle, getting leaner, whatever that was. And I just kind of felt like I was spinning my wheels and my training didn't have like a real sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. So I sought out an in-person coach and I remember walking in there the first day and it was just like, yeah, like a new fire had been lit in my ass. I felt so excited, so invigorated, you know, long story short, it ended up not being the best experience for me. Uh, but definitely like in the short term, it was the thing that I needed to reignite my passion for lifting. Mm, Sam's nodding along. Yeah. I, I feel that. I think for me, I went through a phase 
earlier this year <clears throat> where I was training primarily for aesthetics. And um, I think that training to look good is a great stepping off point. But after a while, the vanity kind of loses its power and you start to kind of dread your training. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, I think I was so caught up in like, oh, I got to look better or leaner or whatever that I kind of forgot about like the whole reason why I go to the gym in the first place. And so I think when I was in that space, like I just was not interested in working out. Like I, and even though it's a huge part of my identity and who I am and what I do, I just didn't even want to go into the gym and it felt so out of character for me but I was just kind of like sitting with it and I'm like, I just like don't want to be there. So I'm not going. <laughs> and um, I think I needed to do that in a sense because it started to help me realize like how important it is to have strength based or some skill based <laughs> goal in order to kind of keep you going back to the gym to work on it. Cause you actually start to see little baby improvements. Whereas physique changes, you know, they, they take time, but also you can't really control that. You know, if you put the, if you put the work into the gym, you're going to get stronger. It's kind of physically impossible for you to not get stronger over time. So I think when I started shifting to, from aesthetic to more performance-based goals, which my, my performance or my goal really is to be like more well-rounded in the gym when it comes to um, strength and cardio and really get my hip thrust uh, number up. That's the thing I've been chasing is really working on my hip thrust. Mm -hmm. So like having awesome form, really like feeling like I'm actually using my glutes and not other muscle groups taking over and like connecting with that. And, um, and then once I started shifting to the performance thing, I think I also cared more about like my sleep, my hydration, my nutrition, all that stuff, because I wanted to support my workouts mm -hmm. rather than like, going to the gym to burn calories or to like to look better. And then I was like, just, I was just caught in this cycle of like aesthetics, which for me, I've just in the past, like I've had experience doing that and it, and it gets good to set the fire, but the flame will burn out. So I think it's important to have something that you're actually trying to work towards. So you get excited about going to work on it. It's like, you know, you get, you just get a little bit better each time you go in there and it just becomes a lot more fun. You take some of the pressure off yourself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I guess I will continue on from there because I am in a little bit different of a place right now. So when I had gone to the powerlifting gym a couple of years ago, and I, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast already, I probably have, but I, the, when I walked in there to have my consultation about why I wanted to train at this gym, which by the way, is like known for getting people very, very strong. So if you are in power or into powerlifting, like I think this coach has created like 30 people who have, you know, elite totals, which is a feat in itself. Like it's just, it's known for getting people very strong. And that was incredibly encouraging and exciting for me. Um, but the guy said to me, you know, you can train here, but you're going to have to gain weight. I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. He's like, but none of this, like, one pound a month bullshit. Like I know you're going to try to do like, you're going to gain weight on my timeline, how much and how, like how much I want you to gain and how fast I want you to gain it. So 
for someone who has struggled with, you know, body image issues, eating issues in the past, like back in college, that was very, very scary for me because I finally felt like I was in a place where I felt good about my relationship with food and the relationship I had with my body. Um, so I started to eat more. I probably increased my calories like by 500 to 700 overnight, which is a lot, <laughs> um, for anyone who might be wondering. And it's fun to eat that much food, but like the weight started to come on really fast and I would have to weigh in every single day. And it was, it was a real, real struggle for sure. Um, so I think I put on about seven, 15 to 17 pounds in about six months, which is, or maybe even less than that, like three months because he kicked me out for a month because I was point nine pounds away from hitting my goal weight. So I had to leave the gym for a month and I was like, I'm going to show him and I'm going to gain the weight and come back. And I did, he let me back. Um, so yeah, I probably ended up gaining around 17 pounds like throughout that process and, and just did not feel like great in my body, but I kind of like hung out there for a while and just like let my body do what it needed to do. Um, I was still dealing with some health issues and I felt like going into a deficit wasn't going to support me getting better with that. But I finally had made some changes, improved my health. And now I'm well, about six months ago was finally at a place where I could start losing a little bit of body fat. So that is where I have been really probably for the past five months. I'm kind of ending a fat loss phase, which has gone very, very well. Like I'm proud of my results and all that, but I will not lie. It is definitely hit like my motivation to train has taken a significant hit. And I think it's just because when you're not fueling your body with enough calories to really support and recover from your training, like you don't have as much energy to put towards your workouts. Like in the, I think when you first start, yes, but like as you get deeper into the diet, like the energy levels start, kind of start to decrease. And that's what I was feeling just like, Oh man, you're just going into the gym to basically get it done. And every time I have a workout, my boyfriend's like, Oh, how'd your training go? I'm like, can we just like not talk about it? Like at this point I'm just showing up and like mailing it in, you know? So yeah, it really is true. Um, there can be a benefit to losing body fat. You know, maybe you improve your confidence a little bit too, but at the end of the day, like it can deplete your motivation to actually train and improve. And like Sam said, I mean, that is really the fun of it is to see yourself get better, to see yourself get stronger and like to set those goals and constantly having, having something to be working towards. And like we talked about in last week's mini episode, like with recovery and the same is true with dieting. Like you can't diet your entire life. You can't diet all year round. You know, it has to be this kind of periodized thing. So if you can, you know, find a way to motivate yourself when you're not in a fat loss phase, like that's where the consistency will be created, I guess. So what about you, Sarah? So I would say, <clears throat> um, over the years, so I went through a really intense few years of, I was horrendously aesthetic um, focused so I literally trained like an absolute maniac for kind of I'd say a, a good two years um, and then all of that kind of started to unravel um, so between realizing I was actually obsessed with training going to the gym burning calories 
um, and also that I had a kind of screwed up relationship with food it all started to take its toll and I just slowly began to fall out of love with going to the gym because I was just like I couldn't see how I was going to um, stop with the exercise and food obsession um, while still going to the gym. So I kind of just stepped stepped away from it for a while just to take a complete a complete break. And then even when I entered back into it, I found it really hard because I was so conscious about not going back into my old um, ways of everything being about, you know, the looks and the kind of, you know, the bodybuilding style training. So kind of then I had to switch my focus onto training, training more for strength um, and kind of feeling, you know, finding my purpose of going to the gym there. But in all honesty, I kind of go through waves with my training these days. Um, I think it's still important for me in terms of, I like how it makes my body feel. Um, I'm not really so fussed on the, you know, the aesthetic thing anymore, but I, I just, I don't like how I feel when I haven't been training. So that's what will spur me on because I like to feel good in my own skin, but definitely my whole relationship with training has kind of changed and it's not such a huge central focus point for me anymore. Um, mm. I've kind of shifted in doing a lot more of the kind of restorative like side of things and moving more into kind of um, you know meditation and getting into doing like floats and breath work and all this kind of stuff. So I will never not train because, you know, it's, it keeps me healthy. It keeps me strong. And I am enjoying the fact that Sam and I were using the fit and free workouts to give us some structure. Cause I think when you don't have any kind of structure, when you go to the gym, you like, you just run the risk of going in and fluffing around. <laughs> fluffing Amen. around. So true. <laughs> oh my god, that was me. <laughs> around doing freaking bicep curls or something for two hours or something like <laughs> crazy. So, um, but yeah, it's it's tough. But I think the big thing is for um, listeners out there is that if you feel that you are stuck in a rut, um, you have to not be somebody that all you do is complain about it and then do absolutely nothing to try and like decipher what is actually going on and then ask yourself, okay, well, how can I, how can I change things for myself? Because obviously what I'm doing now is making me feel unmotivated and like, I don't want to do anything. So I need to find somewhere, like Sam was saying too, for training, for injecting a bit more fun into it. Like, so, you know, if you're finding um, that everything feels a little bit too serious, like Sam, I know you're starting gymnastics now. Yeah. I just started gymnastics because I want to be able to do that too. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's part of like working out too. It doesn't yeah. have to be so like, you just deadlift, just bench press, <laughs> which I've totally fallen into that like very rigid set of thinking in the past where it's like, no, I can only do this thing because I'm supposed to. 
<laughs> yeah, but I think yeah. So not being afraid to to like branch out and try different like modalities of or different styles of training, and just deciding like you know what what suits you. And if you are stuck in a rut, don't just keep beating your head against a a brick wall, hoping that it's going to get better because it won't. Like you need to actually be proactive and you know maybe switch switch things up. Actually, Sarah, you helped me um, when I was in London, I was going through a rut and I think I told you about it. And I was like, I just can't get myself to the gym. Like I'm going randomly. And what the issue was, was it was a matter of logistics. So maybe like if you're listening, maybe if you're in a rut, it could just be like a purely logistical issue Mm -hmm. where there's some mental resistance that you've built up to training because of something. So for example, my thing was I didn't leave myself enough time to work out in the afternoon. So I would end up going at rush hour, which was fine, but then I would not even leave myself enough time to go at rush hour. So like I, I wouldn't have, I didn't make the time to work out and then I would feel like crap. And I was like, as a coach, I got to get into the gym. Like, I'm not even practicing when I'm preaching. And so it felt really inauthentic. And it was just a matter of scheduling my workouts into my Google calendar as if it was a doctor's appointment, you know, just doing it in the middle of the day. Because that's where shit hits the fan for me is midday. So if I work out midday, it helps me kind of stay on track, not just like eat for because I'm bored, like not procrastinate. And so it was fixing all these problems just by stepping back and looking at like, what's not working and why is it not working? And now it's like, I train probably five or six days a week. I don't like crazy lift five or six days a week, but I'm consistent because I enjoy it. And it's like, I don't have to go and I'm not, there's not all this like, oh, I have to go there. It's more just like, yeah, I have to do this for myself and I want to do it because it makes me feel good and I can actually do my job when I feel good. So I think that was a huge shift for me is realizing like without the gym or without working out, I feel like trash. And when I feel like trash, I can't show up for myself or my friends or my work or you. And well, I have things to do. So I have to go to the gym. It's, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And like, that's the thing. I think people still are so hung up about or on the motivation piece. I'm not motivated. How do I get motivated? And I'll just be perfectly honest. Like most days I am not motivated to lift. Like the thought of actually like getting downstairs and doing the workout was like, oh man, I think I've said this recently. I actually love training upper body. I hate training lower body. Um, I just like, it's not, it's not my favorite. Like I could lift upper body four or five times a week. And I probably would feel a little bit more motivated to do that most days. But yeah, there are some days when it's the last thing I want. And but it has become like a part of who I am. It's just like, it's what I do. It's a discipline thing. And like you said, even though the thought of doing it may not be that appealing, or there's like other stuff I have to do, I'm tired, like whatever the excuse may be, I have never once regretted doing a workout. And what I like to tell people is, and I even like talk myself into this too, is okay, you just have to do something. Just like start your warm up. And usually, I'll do the warm up and I'm like, okay, like I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit better still, maybe not super energized, but I'm at least going to do one set of the first exercise. And then you do that set and you're like, okay, that didn't feel so bad. I'll do another. And I kind of like play these games with myself. Well, <laughs> I do. 
I can only do half of it. Like I'll only do half of the workout. And if I really need to, like I'll split it up into two and I'll do the rest, like, you know, two days later or whatever. And I, I literally just like with any goal, I take it one step at a time, one set, one exercise at a time. And I think really like there has not been one instance where I haven't ended up completing the entire workout just going about it that way. It may not be the best workout. I may not have been, you know, setting PRs, but at least I showed up for myself. At least I got it done. Mm. And I think that for people who don't feel motivated, if you can just take that step, that first step, you will realize that the momentum continues. And before you know it, it's like workouts over and you feel great, you know? So you're always going to feel better once you're done and likely you'll feel better, you know, as you're doing it as well. Um, so just take that pressure off for it to look perfect for it to be perfect and just do something. But the other thing I wanted to touch on was what, you know, Sam, you and I have had this conversation. Uh, we had it a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about yoga and I am a certified yoga instructor. I was really, really into it for a while. Uh, I think I started it in college and I've kind of gone through phases where, I'll do it very consistently and then I'll fall off. And I realized a couple of years ago, like I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. And I think part of the reason could have been because, you know, it was kind of far away from my house. I had to like sit in traffic to get there. The parking was a bitch. So it was like more stressful trying to get there. And sometimes, you know, I would have to go late at night or like later in the evening when I was already kind of tired and, like that was challenging. And then my other option was to go at eight o'clock in the morning on Sundays, which may sound really lovely, but again, it was like setting an alarm and it felt like somewhere I had to be on my only day off during the week. And it just kind of took the enjoyment out of it. But I felt like, oh, because I'm a yoga instructor, because I put all this time into it and like knowing how good it can be for you, I felt like I had to do it even though I wasn't really wanting to do it. And Sam, you and I had that conversation of like, oh, feeling we need to do something to like get in our more feminine energy and do an activity that is more restorative, but it does not have to look a certain way. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday where the person was talking about this exact thing. Like, you know, we all preach walking and we love to walk and maybe someone fucking hates to walk. Okay, cool. So go take a dance class, go to a yoga class, like, like Sam's doing, do gymnastics, find something just to move your body. Just because we love to strength train and we love to walk doesn't mean that has to be your thing. And finding what you actually enjoy and that you don't really have to force, like, yes, sometimes I have to force my workouts, but at the end of the day, I still love to lift, you know? Um, and I probably would not love swimming. <laughs> so I'm not going to force myself to swim. <laughs> me either, me either. Right? Yeah. So like there, there comes a point where like you've got to enjoy it, but also realize that even the time, even if you do really enjoy something, there are still going to be those times when you don't love it. You don't want to do it, but you do have to show up for yourself anyways. And I had a client who reached out to me. She's in college and you know, really does not have a consistent workout routine. And she's like, I'm already bored with the gym. Like I want to quit. This isn't fun. And I'm like, you know what? It's not always going to be fun. Um, sometimes yeah. you have to suck it up and do it. But what you have to ask yourself is 
what would one like make me proud? How do I want to feel? And what would the future me, the person who has already reached my goal, what would she do right now? And I can tell you the answer is probably not going to be skipping the gym because it's not fun. Yeah. Amen. I think something you said, Marcy, um, about the, like, something's better than nothing. I think that that is so huge and not often talked about because we, or at least for me, I've gone through periods where if I go into the gym with like an expectation or I'm like focused on, I I have to have a good workout or like thinking about the whole workout, like all seven or eight exercises, I'm like, oh my God, you know, but when you break it down and just like, Hey, even if I show up for 15 minutes, like that's literally better than nothing. And Mm -hmm. for me, I actually have to have that conversation with myself almost every day at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of crazy because I went through a phase and I think that this was part of the rut was I was so worried about like the outcome. Like, am I going to lift more weight today? Like, am I going to PR? Am I going to be able to like hit this squat that I want to do, you know, or like, what's my strength going to be like, am I going to be tired? I like all these questions in my head. It's like, no, you know what? It doesn't even matter. I just have to show up literally five minutes is better than nothing. Right. Like I'm just going to do something. If I don't make it past that, cool. It doesn't, it's not like it's going to totally affect me. Right. It's like very small and I'll just go home. And I think taking the pressure off yourself to like complete the whole workout or crush it or like that's, that is the biggest like sigh of relief. I think I've had in my life, not even just in training, just in in doing anything. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, as soon as I just kind of let go of whatever the thing I think is supposed to be or supposed to do or I'm supposed to feel, it's like, okay, I'm just going to go do a little something because I know I'll feel better. And I don't know about you guys, but I think that for me has been such a shift, especially when like we're all busy, like everyone's busy and we all own businesses and I could easily just work all day every day, you know, and like not make time for myself, but I know that I will become a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) That's motivating. (laughs) Right. It is. It's like, that's my, that's my accountability is, is everyone else. So yeah, I think that's, that's a, that's something that just maybe can be talked about just the like ditching the all or nothing mentality and just kind of letting go of your need to control the outcome of your workout just like go in there and do it because it makes you feel good and then leave and get on with your (laughs) life it doesn't have to be this like it doesn't have to be so serious yeah like just chill man (laughs) you're just working out (laughs) that's super smart sam and another thing you just said there with the accountability piece two other things that have really helped um me and others I know when they're in a rut is this idea of accountability. Like one is having a workout partner, like somebody who like, you're going to let them down if you don't show up, right? Because then you get there and then it's just more fun. So if you're going to meet somebody to do your whatever, your dance class, your your strength training, whatever, it's way more fun. So if you're in a rut, finding somebody to train with can really help. This has helped me like a few months ago when I was really struggling I told my best friend, I'm like, just start coming over and working with me. She had been a paying client. I'm like, I'm not even going to charge you. You're just going to do my workouts, show up when I want you to. That's going to be a, that's our deal. And so she'd been showing up and it's fantastic. Like I enjoy talking to her while we're setting up lifts and, you know, throughout the lifts. So that can really help was getting somebody to train with. And then the other thing is the idea of one of you guys was talking about this, Sarah, I think it was you like just showing up in the gym and not knowing what you were going to do. Like, it's a real bummer. Like it does feel really stressful and it doesn't feel like you're getting anywhere. And it is 
really demotivating and you're in a big rut, like hiring a coach is incredible for that. Like just not having to think about it, having somebody else, you tell them your goals and having them say, here, do this. It's so freeing to just go and just do it. Or yeah. even if like, I mean, I know a lot of people aren't, they can't hire a coach, they can't afford a coach, but there are, I mean, and of course, like I'm going to vouch that all of us are great coaches, you know, and I, I would <laughs> like, oh, don't hire a coach. But I, I do understand <laughs> that it's not feasible for everybody, right? And um, I know I have done this plenty of times where I don't really need the motivation and the accountability. I, I can provide that for myself. So I may not need that one-on-one -on -one coaching experience, but I've been a member of Jordan Syed's Inner Circle, Brett Contreras's uh, Booty by Brett program, and I'll sometimes just like go back and forth between those two. And it's not necessarily like customized to me, but at least it is structure. And I always say structure leads to freedom. And it is so true. Like those times when I don't have a coach, when I, I'm not following a structured training program, like even though I know what to do, I overanalyze so damn much that I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like a fish out of water, just flopping around. And, and yeah, very, very unmotivating. So when I have something on paper, even if it's like just a skeleton program where I'm like, okay, I don't really love that exercise. <laughs> so I'm going to swap it for something else. And I was actually texting with Jordan a couple, maybe a couple weeks ago. And I was like, Hey, like doing these inner circle workouts, just going to be honest, I'm not really feeling squatting and deadlifting right now. I would much prefer to work on my hip thrust. Like, is it okay if I swap out squats for hip thrust? He's like, absolutely hundred percent, you know? So, so yeah, just having that, that basic template can be, um, can be helpful. So if you can't hire a coach, seek out a, a, a reputable, um, coach in the industry who is putting out like a membership site, like Sam and Sarah have theirs. I know their like workouts are wonderful and it's a much more affordable way to, to get in, um, your training or, or yeah, just like anybody who you feel you resonate with and maybe they have a group program that you can join. Marcy, I think what you just said is like so powerful, but I feel like we should explain it more because it seems abstract. Oh, okay. Of structure leads to freedom. Oh, yeah. I think that we should explain like an actionable way that that actually happens because the phrase sounds nice, but like what the hell sure. does it actually mean? And I think, you know, going into that a little bit more just so people can understand like why is it important? to yeah. follow a plan or why is it important to lay out your day in Google calendar? So you know what you're doing each hour or, you know, you know what your life is going to be like, like why is structure the thing that leads ultimately to freedom? For sure. No, that's a, it's a really great um, thing to talk about. And I used to not do this quite so much where like I would not plan my day like hour by hour in my calendar. And I know Sam, you're really good about this. I don't know about the other ladies, but I have started to do that. And it just, I can't even really explain it. So maybe Sam, you would do a better job of explaining it, but it's like seeing it all out on paper, getting it out of my head. It's just like this huge sigh of relief. I'm like, oh, I, I have a plan. I know what I am doing. I know what I need to do to execute rather than just like, you know, free balling throughout the day. Um, so yeah. like when it comes to my training and my nutrition, you know, my structure is I know that I'm going to lift four days per week. I'm going to do two upper body sessions, 
two lower body sessions, like for sure, like that is a non-negotiable unless something absolutely like gets in the way. I am going to go for at least one 30 minute walk. Um, and right now I'm doing a little bit of cardio. So like, and I'm going to do, you know, cardio on these days, like, and that's just the weekly plan that I map up for myself so that I don't, it's like decision fatigue, right? Yes. I've talked about this a little bit. Like it's the reason why, you know, Mark Zuckerberg wears the same outfit every day because when you are running like Facebook, <laughs> like he's making decisions all day long. Yes. So any like fewer decisions that he can just put on autopilot and not have to think about, it leads to less overwhelm and it is easier just to execute that thing. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. It's about automation and having control. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it comes down to is humans like control. And so when you're in control, when you see it out, right, it's like you get so, well, we can get, I do anyways, I get so bogged down when I have so many options that it ends up causing me to not do anything because I'm like, well, I could work out now or later, or I could like eat, or I could respond to these <laughs> client emails, or I could go for a walk. And when you have all those options, I literally just like sit here and I don't do anything. I just scroll through Instagram or Facebook Mm -hmm. to distract me from the fact that I have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And so when I lay my days out, which I'm not perfect about this, I definitely have days where I'm like, oh my God, today could have gone way better. (laughs) But like when I do that, it's amazing because I actually get shit done because it's clear and there's a plan and I just do it. I don't even have to think about it. It's like, I think we've talked about, Kim, you actually talked about it too in your story, but like last week or the week before it, I compared it to, um, like tracking your, your finances. And I was talking to my client who was struggling with, um, calories and like calories in calories out or like structure and, um, planning. And I was like, okay, what's something in your life that is super easy for you? She's like, um, finances. And I was like, why? She's like, cause I just put everything on automate and auto pay, auto bill, auto this. And I was like, and so what does that mean? And she's like, well, I don't have to think about it. I'm like, exactly. So I think the more that you can build in your own rules or your own structure or your own day habits, it like, it just allows you to do focus on things that matter without those decisions having to be like bobbling in your head. I feel like it reduces the Google Chrome a million tabs. <laughs> it's like my brain hey is now. like I am like, I'm queen of the million tab yeah. color. <laughs> right. So it's like, if you guys are anything like us, you're probably crazy too if you're listening, you know? So like help yourself out and like just give yourself some rules and some structure so that you don't feel like you're spinning your wheels. Yeah. Really good advice. Damn. Um, anyone want to expand upon that or I think we might've covered it. I think so. I think that was pretty, pretty, uh, well covered. Uh, one one last thing I'll say really quick. (laughs) And you know, I hate to like sound like a dog who is trying to reward themselves with food, but sometimes like when I really don't want to work out, I'm like, Oh, but I know I get that really delicious protein shake at the end of it, you know? So that's, that's huge. Right? I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Like, I love food. So <laughs> you have uh, to give yourself something to look forward to after. Yeah, it, it, it may not be food, it may be something else for you. I don't know. Um, but for me, that's what it is. So yeah, yeah. giving yourself a little like incentive. 
for sure. Or like you won't allow yourself to do X unless you work out. Like sometimes that's what I do. I'm like, oh, well, I can't, I can't do, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like something like, oh, I like can't call my friend or I like, I have a phone call to make. Like I can't call her unless I work out. Like I just refuse. And then I just like make a ridiculous proposal with myself. I like bargain with myself. I have so many conversations about this stuff. (laughs) <laughs> I'll look for any way to get out of it. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I hope this conversation really lets you, the listener, realize that you are not alone. We struggle with motivation ruts too. We're all human. We're all doing the best we can. You know, no, none of us are robots. So don't beat yourself up if you are feeling those like ebbs and flows when it comes to your training motivation or even your motivation to, to eat better, to just move your body in general, just like to take good care of yourself, do the things that you know are going to make you feel your best. Yeah. There's a thing called, um, the interest curve. Have you guys heard of this? No. It basically looks like a sine wave. So it's like a big squiggle. And when you do something, it could be anything. Let's just use lifting weights as an example. When you do something, the initial, um start of it so the first time you ever lift weights obviously like you're super excited about it your interest is really really high and after a while you know it starts to get a little bit more mundane it's normal it's kind of boring actually because it's just something you do and you kind of lose interest then something will happen in your life whether it be hitting kind of a motivational rock bottom or whether it be you know you want to try a new skill or like you know can you're crushing this deadlift thing that's something like a new goal to chase and your interest curve starts to spark again. So I think acknowledging that there is going to be ups and downs and like being real with yourself, like you don't have to be in this high all the time. In fact, you have to have the lows in order to like recognize the highs and really, you know, feel good in them. And I think like what Kim, you were saying too, it's like you had to hit the rock bottom kind of to like crush it. And sometimes your biggest highs come after a rock bottom. It's kind of yeah. like the stock market. You know, it's like, that shit happens. And it's totally true. It's, I guess it's just one of those things that just being, just riding the waves. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, this has been a great talk. I, yeah, I think that covers it. So Kim, glad you're back on track. Everyone, glad you guys are feeling re-motivated. Hopefully I'll feel re-motivated in like a month or so when I'm back to eating lots of food. <laughs> Marcy, your transformation though, if you guys have not seen Marcy's transformation, go yeah. her, well, it was on our Instagram stories. So that was stunning, Marcy. Thanks. I will, uh, you know, I always say <laughs> my body is like a mohawk. It's like business in the front and then it's like just <laughs> there's some work to be done in the back. In the back. <laughs> so yeah I my my coach is like yeah your glutes still need to come in a little bit more I'm like yeah I realize that so I don't know hopefully like not too much longer but and you know it's so interesting like sometimes I, I will put a like my final like transformation picture probably up on my actual feed when I'm done just to talk about the process and you know what I've gone through the reason I did this but it's so interesting because like I put that stuff up and I'm like oh I'm sure I'm gonna get negative comments and I did get this one from a follower who was like, oh, you know, I prefer the one on the left. Like it looks healthier. And I'm like, you know what, lady? Oh just my gosh. Good for you. <laughs> no one asked. Like, no one asked. I was like, thanks for your opinion. But you know, I didn't feel comfortable at that, at that spot. So 
yeah, um, there's always going to be the naysayers, but I appreciate the support. Thank you. Yeah, dude. I think we're all crushing it. We all are. We all got goals and they're all happening. So, Absolutely. woo. Well, we should probably sign off. The craziest thing has just happened at my house, guys. What? My teenager just came home and started vacuuming. I what? have no clue what possessed what? him, but the sound you now hear behind me is a vacuum, and yeah, I don't get it. But Tim, no, you should, you should be worried. Why? I know. Why he should? I really need to rush upstairs. And it's see probably because like something just fell on the rug. <laughs> okay, this is like real relationship advice. When someone like a partner. A, a friend, a child, whatever, does something like this, you need to reinforce that. Like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Go Re bake them a cake. Like, reinforce that. Uh, make him like, a cake. What are you doing? Are you sick? Then he's going to be like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do this again. But yeah, thank him. And yeah. I got to go figure out what's happening. Yeah, man. <laughs> let, let us know. I'm intrigued. Tell him when he's done if he wants to come over. <laughs> I shall let him know. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. All right, ladies. This is a good chat, and we will see you next week. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We know that life is crazy and time is precious and we really do appreciate you spending your time with us. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. We love you. We appreciate you. And we can't wait to hear what you think of this week's episode. Four women, one mission. We are the Decades of Strength. Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim. Catch you right back here for our next episode.